The Baseball Together Network presents the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Julie Young. And now, Seattle Baseball Together. Welcome, Seattle Baseball family, to this month's edition of the Seattle Baseball Together Podcast. As usual, I am Brad, and I'm joined by our, our guy, Jewel. Welcome, Jewel. How are you today? Sad and disappointed and frustrated and a mixed bag of emotion, to say the least. Are you in a glass case of emotion? Would you say that? I really would. And I feel like <laughs> all of us can say that today with all things considered. A lot of things considered, right? Like A lot. I don't know. It's tough. It's really, It really is tough. Um, but I've had some time since the trade deadline to think about things, um, kind of internalize some things. So we're going to do the same thing we do every month and we're going to get on the couch. We're going to talk this out, Joel. And hopefully by the time we're finished here, you're in a better place than you are right now. Cause that's, that's what we're here to do, right? Exactly. That's why we're here. That's why we're here for each other, Brad. We only have each other. (laughs) It's our monthly therapy session. Seattle Mariners. We only have each other this today. That's right. Because <laughs> there's certainly not really anybody new. Okay, so we'll get into the trades and stuff in a little bit. But first, we're going to kind of go chronologically. We're going to recap the month of July. The Mariners had a killer July. Finished tied for the best record. In the month, I thought we were 17, second best record in baseball. Tied at the Red Sox for the best record. 17 and 9. Love that. Fantastic. I love it so much. Um, there were some... It's it's funny because there were still like a couple of like really low lows, right? Like people kept passing around that graphic where it was like the Mariners last two games, 500, last six games, 500, last 10 games, 500, right? It's like this team, yeah. this is a 500 team. And I still think they are pretty much a 500 team and we'll get there. But July was really good to get them a few games over 500. Currently sitting in the standings, Tied with the Yankees, actually half a game up because we're in the middle of a game right now. Right. So that. got that going for us, which is nice. Um, I think the biggest thing that we saw this month, though, was there was a turnaround against good teams, right? Like took two yeah. out of three against the Blue Jays at home, took two out of three against the Twins, who are not a great team. They're also a 500 team, right? But they took mm-hmm. two out of three in Minnesota, took two out of three in Arizona against a struggling Arizona team. But that team has the potential to turn around any day and also to go into their house and beat them and beat them when you should beat them. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way I saw that series this weekend. Yeah. So that's what I saw like the whole month, really, is that they beat teams, they beat all the teams they should have beat, how they should have mm-hmm. beat them. And Except then for lost- the Tigers for some reason. Yeah, but there's always that one team. Right. But, you know, like, we lost where we probably should have lost. Won a lot of series. Yeah. I'm um, So, so far, I have took two out of three from the Rays at the beginning of the season. Two out of three from the Giants. Three out of four from the Astros in Houston, by the way. Um, one. Took one out of three from Detroit at home. Two out of four from Minnesota at home. Two out of three from Toronto at home. Two out of three from Minnesota in Minnesota. Two out of three from Arizona in Arizona. So only lost one series during the month and split one series. That's a good month. That's a really good month. And then ended the month with a win against the Boston Red Sox and got some work to do to make up some ground tonight. 
but that's August. So we're not going to talk about that. Um, but no, like I said, overall, a good month. Julio came around. He looked really, really good in Minnesota. Yes. Julio's Tio, actually. Tio. Oh, he has a 25 game on base streak going. Nice. Including tonight. And he has a six game hitting streak coming into the game tonight as well. So nice. I love that. He's starting to That's make some fantastic. adjustments. Things are starting to come around for him a little bit. We're starting to see a little mm-hmm. bit of the power come back since the Derby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had three home runs in two days in Minnesota, so that helped. And it also helps facing Minnesota pitching. But um, I was really disappointed. I was at the game Saturday night in Arizona when he was up with a chance to win the game, right? Didn't even have to hit a homer. Or I guess not to win the game, but go ahead in the ninth. And, of course, he swung at a slider low and away to end the game. And as I was walking down the stairs, leaving the stadium, I said to the, I said to a, another Mariners fan, he was waiting to get out of his seats. I looked at him. I was like, I don't know why pitchers don't just live, give him a steady diet of that because he's always going to swing at it. He's like, I know he's chasing him every single time this year. It's really frustrating to watch it because is. he wasn't it doing is. that as much last year. He was doing it because he's a rookie. But yeah, the sophomore slump uh, definitely. You know, he's coming in well below expectation. He was still an all-star, but on the glove alone, earned him right. that all-star nod. He has been well, and I think I think a lot of it had to do with the fact he was an injury replacement, and the all-star game was in Seattle. True, true. Right, I think but I think he had those working in his favor. I don't think there's a better Gold Glove candidate for center field outside of him in the American League that's been healthy, played as much as he has, and has played as well as he has in center field. He could be the guy. You're right. He could he could get it this year. I don't know if he will, just because there's other guys out there who voters like, right? True. There's three but, outs, outfield gold gloves to go around. So Yeah, yeah. He could get one of them. I would love to see him get one of them. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. I think that'd be huge to carry into next season if he got a gold glove on so he would go rookie of the year, gold glove. Next year, hopefully, everything comes together. He can hit one of those 25 million MVP incentives. So that'd be nice. I'm here for it. And I'm sure that the Mariners would love to pay him. Yeah, they want to. I mean, you don't build that into a contract without wanting to do it. So yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Let's get into the trade deadline. Trade deadline was today, this afternoon, 3 PM Pacific time. So I was like getting ready to wrap up work and I was burning the battery on my phone. refreshing. We all were, uh, Formerly Twitter, now X, right? X. Waiting yep, for we were all zeding. trade updates. Was your phone like red hot in your hand? My phone was so hot today. It was <laughs> ridiculous. So yeah, just yeah, my before we hit the trade, go ahead. We have to mention the Jared Kalnick injury. Oh, yeah, that's right. Talked, I forgot that that happened this month. That seemed that. like it was forever ago. Yeah, that was on the 20th. He kicked the water cooler just out of pure frustration. But the way he handled it after talking to the media in tears, remorseful, mature, put together, shows how much, A, he cares, how much he's grown. Because Kellenick 2021 would have just said, F it, I don't care. Probably wouldn't have Kellenick kicked the water cooler out of frustration. Hmm? Kellenick 2020 would have done that. Yeah. 2020, 2021, and maybe... 
I don't think 2022 Jared Kelnick would have done that, but just the growth that he's gone through over the last year or so mm-hmm. has yeah, been incredible. The maturity, everything kind of coming together. And so just I want to shout him out. Kay Marlowe got the promotion. Um, he was having playing a great well. year in AAA. Marlowe got a triple to keep the game going in Arizona on Saturday night. He was mm-hmm. the tying run that the Mariners weren't able to push across. Um, and that was exciting. That was, was really exciting. I So there was another guy, Amer- another Mariners fan, sitting across the aisle from me. And Marlowe came up, and the D-backs had just put in Andrew Chafin. And I leaned over that that guy. Chafin's a lefty. Marlowe's a lefty as well. And I leaned over that guy. I was like, I don't understand why you don't pinch hit Dylan Moore right here. Right, go righty lefty. He's like, I don't know. He's like, Scott Service is making a lot of decisions that I don't understand. And then he goes and hits a triple. I look at that guy. And he goes, <laughs> he said something like, "You shut your mouth." I was like, "That's why I'm up here. He's down there. I know <laughs> nothing." <laughs> I mean, it was just it was immediate. It was so funny. Everyone's been kind of calling on over on X. Everyone's been kind of calling for Scott Service's head, but do you really think people call has... for Scott Service's head for three years now? He has one more year left on his deal. He has 2024 left on his deal. Do they just write it out so then they don't have to pay two managers in 2024, two salaries? This or is this a conversation this is we the way I see it. September. I think if Scott Service gets this team to the playoffs this year, or even gets within a game or two of making the playoffs, I think they'll let him start next year. Right. And they'll see how things go. But this is the problem is that Scott Services teams, aside from what was it, 2019, 2018, when that team had, or 20, was it 2016? I can't remember when it was that team had that incredible, absolutely insane April. And it was only like two weeks in April. Yeah. And then they completely melted down. I think it was 2019 because they started in Japan and they had that really hot start and then they completely melted down and they were out of the playoff race by like June. Right. So mm-hmm. other than that team, Scott service teams have had really, really slow starts and you've got to have somebody in there who knows how to get the team motivated and get, get them going early in the season. So you're not making up a bunch of ground come August 1st, where like, I know three and a half games is not a lot to make up, but with the teams you're trying to make it up on it, it can be a lot. Especially this year in the AOS with how right? well Texas played Houston's good. They're just getting all their injured guys back and, the Angels yeah. went for it at the deadline. Like those April games in our division matter a lot. Right. Every every game matters at this point, and every game has mattered. And you Especially can't just throw the them away. And it seems like they did for a long time. They just kind of threw games away, trying to figure things out. It's like, fellas, you got spring training to figure things out. Yeah. So it that uh, that has been my biggest frustration this year. Um Let's let's talk about trades first. You mentioned the Angels. I want to start there just because they're division rival. It looked, it, I mean, the Angels said they were going to trade Shohei Otani there for a while, but then all of a sudden they're like, mm, no, and they we're went in and enough. And yeah, they're like, what they went and got, uh, they went and got Lucas Giolito, they went and got Randall Grichuk and CJ Crone. So, do you think that's Maybe enough for the Angels to make a run? I mean, to get you know, to the playoffs, do you think that's enough? It's hard to say because they do have Brandon Drury coming back in on Thursday this week expected. They got Neto back. Neto played tonight. They, they have Trout coming back in about two weeks. They have 
So they definitely extended their team. They extended their bench. They got the guys who can produce runs and can produce for that team. I'm kind of a, I'm not an Angels fan, but I'm an Angels analyst kind of because of my affiliation. Right, because you're beat. High yeah, minor that. leagues. Um, yeah. I pay very close attention, and I'm a huge Zach Nettle fan. Like, Zach Nettle needs a 15-year contract tomorrow from the Angels. <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> He's the heart and soul up. of that team. He's the heart and soul. And they will possibly get Logan O'Hoppy back as well here in the next mm, two to three weeks as well. So they have their reinforcements for the stretch run for September coming. I honestly do think it's enough. It really depends on where Houston goes. I think having Justin Verlander back is a huge boost for them. And that yeah. team overall just in the locker room. I think the Rangers also made some moves. I mean, they got Max Scherzer, which is a huge move as well. So it didn't they get lost easier. Evaldi. They lost Evaldi. Well. But, you know, so they, every, the three teams ahead of us have all, all made moves. While we got, our first trade was reliever Trent Thornton from the Blue Jays. <laughs> our next trade after that was, officially we'll save the big one for the end but the next one after that that mattered was trading aj pollock and minor league utility man mark Matthias for cash considerations pollock was slashing 173 225 323 and 138 plate appearances after that the we acquired right-handed reliever eduardo and no edward uh bazardo from the orioles for logan reinhardt With a 15 era high a everett Hmm? With a 15 ERA. Yes. In the he... MLB, however, at AAA this season, he has a 3.05, 27.2 K rate, and a 7% walk rate in 38 in the third innings pitch. He's only 27, so he's still a really good age for a reliever. Plenty of control. Um, Reinhardt was, I want to say he was like a 15th round pick. Two Tommy John surgeries. Anything. Playing at Everett. He was looking good. Very similar numbers to Bizarro, just in a lower level. Damaged goods. So, <laughs> pretty much. So hopefully the O's can do something with him. After that, the Mariners DFA second baseman Colton Wong. Um, 216 playing appearances, negative one F war, 165, 241, 227 slash 64% worse than the league average. He was, I want to say, bottom five of the league qualified hitters in every category. Yeah, terrible year for Wong, which is really unfortunate because I had high hopes for him coming in. I thought yeah, I thought he was going to be a solid everyday player, but man, just he's just having a career worst year, right? Yeah, and it just happened and, to be in Seattle. We happened to see it, mm -hmm. and he just. But there was nothing bad that was ever said about him by anyone on the team, anyone in the media. Right. He was. A very good clubhouse guy, which honestly kind of surprises me why they wouldn't keep him for the clubhouse role at least. But hopefully it gives more opportunities to maybe Julio, JP, Ty, Cal, Tom Murphy. Who? Tom Murphy. They said that they're going to work on an extension with him. Good. Um, you know, Tom, I, I think you and I have talked about this. And Tom Murphy would make an excellent first baseman or even a DH. I feel like the dude has figured out or at least remembered how to hit. Yeah, he's, he's been he's been great this year, and I love it so much. 
Uh, I think they should extend him. I think he they should make him either the everyday DH or platoon him at first base in DH. That was uh, and very bring in a bring in a catcher. They yesterday, they had Cal DHing and they had Murphy behind the plate. So yep, yep. I like Both I like it. Be in the lineup somehow every day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I like it a lot. And then, are you ready to move on to the big move? I'm ready to move on. So the big move here was our beloved, our beloved. Paul Sewold was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks right after coming back to Seattle from the Arizona series. Yeah. yeah. Which the reason for that that I saw Depoto said that he had been working with the Diamondbacks for about five, six days, but they would not include Rojas in the deal. That was the piece that Jerry Depoto wanted. Our Diamondbacks were hesitant. Ultimately caved to get him. But so that deal could have been done pre-Arizona series. Or during the Arizona series, which haunts all of us because of the. I think it, I think it's a good thing it didn't work out because Seawald would have come back and haunted us during that series. Yeah, that would would have been bad. Um, so yeah. our return for Paul Seawald, and we got a great return in my opinion. We got uh-huh. infielder Josh Rojas, rookie outfielder Dominic Canzone, and minor league infielder Ryan Bliss. Fun fact about Ryan Bliss: I don't know if you saw the tweet on 2014. He tweeted at or at the Mariners about uh, his MLB future when he was an MLB hopeful back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, I believe, still in high school at the time. Based on um, his age, I would think probably so, or even middle school. Yeah, he was very young, but he's always kind of had the Mariners there. We got Rojas. Uh, he's 29. He's a left-handed hitter. Over 1,000 plate appearances between 2021 and 2022. He had a 266, 345, 401 slash. He's having a rough year this year. Yeah, he spent some time down in out in Reno trying to get yeah, it right. He tore it up down there. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, they, he actually just came up right before the series against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Jerry is like, you need to bring him up because I need to get a good look at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then Dominic Kenzone runs on the year. Oh, sorry. Go but, ahead. Uh, Rojas numbers. does have three years of arbitration. Yeah, he does. He does. He's got a lot of it's time. And of you know what? Left, one so thing. Controllable. One thing I've noticed down here too is that, and part of it might be because he's a local kid. He's from the west side of Phoenix. He's from Litchfield Park, so people like love the fact that he's a local kid. But people love Josh Rojas around here. And it's, I don't, I don't think it's entirely just because he's local. I yes, think that they I actually remember, really yeah. liked his his contribution to the team, what he brings to the table. Yeah. Speaking of which, he's up right now. 100%. He's up to bat. Kenzone scored that. a little bit ago. Love that. Uh, so but, talking about Kenzone, he's a left-handed hitting outfielder. He absolutely tore it up in Reno this year in 304 plate appearances, 16 home runs, 354, 431, 634. Exactly what you want to see from a guy in the PCL, just complete domination. And then you have Bliss, Ryan Bliss. He was a second round pick, so high draft capital guy here in the 2021 draft out of Auburn. So he was a refined college player, right handed hitting infielder. He plays second, shortstop, and third. I believe we're going to use him primarily at second base in Tacoma. I think that's probably the plan. Yeah, because that's the gaping hole in the infield right now. Yep. Uh, in double A, he just recently got promoted to triple A not very long ago, so his numbers haven't materialized there. But in double A this year, 358, 414, 594. He earned a spot in the futures game, and he was the number 16 prospect in the system. Um, 
I'm a, I'm in a Ryan system Blitz or fan. the MLB pipeline. Yeah. In the in the MLB pipeline. No, he was number sixteen in the Arizona. Oh, in the system. in the Arizona in the Arizona system, which okay. is a pretty right. good system nonetheless. So to be right there, right? The it middle, is, yeah. They have good prospects. I mean, there's a reason like... they were good this year. There's there's yeah. a reason they were good this year is because they have a lot of really young talent, really good young talent. Mm-hmm. So because and I think I don't think that um, Corbin Carroll has officially graduated out of the pipeline either. Still as a rookie, so he's still yeah. considered number one in that line. So he's, I mean, I know that's only one guy, but still. Uh, yeah. he's and it was really cool. You saw in there too about Corbin Carroll. He said he gave his parents because Corbin Carroll's a local to Seattle. He gave his parents information to Canzone and said, "If you need anything, my parents will take yep. care of you. They got you." Such a classy gesture from that dude. Yep. And saying, "Dude, I got you. We're both rookies. We're in this. We we we're growing together. I'm from there. Let me get you and take care of you." So yeah, I, I thought that, that was dude. awesome. Really good. They're also from the Dominican Republic, so there's going to be an instant connection with Julio there as well. Nice, I love it. So something about Ken's own real quick. That so he he DH'd for the Diamondbacks Friday and Saturday against the Mariners last weekend. So I got to see him live, and there are a few guys on every in every game and every series where you're like, ah, oh, shoot, he's coming up right. Especially if there's runners on if there's guys on base. Ken Zone was one of them. It was like Corbin Carroll. No matter the situation, you're like anything can happen. This guy can make anything happen at any moment. Um, could tell Marte, you never know what's going to happen with him. And then Ken Zone was the other guy who came up where it was like. He's burned us a couple times already. He could very well burn us again. You know, he had a great series. I, I loved when I saw that the Mariners got him. And you know about Paul Seawald being the guy who goes. It's a bummer because not only is he a good closer, he's a great Mariner. Loved being great. a Mariner. Great clubhouse guy. Um, I I actually I rarely tweet or X or whatever it is, and uh, and I actually tweeted at. Uh, a Diamondbacks account today and said you guys are going to love him. Just yeah. absolutely love having him on your team. His his presser leaving was like I hope to have the same impact on that club that Louis had when he came here. Mentioning Luis Castillo, just the boost, yeah. the energy, everyone. He's like, I just want these guys to settle into their other roles in the bullpen. Know that I got the ninth. You guys do the rest. Yeah, that's awesome. Just. He's such a good dude. He's been huge for the community. He was huge for the Mariners for three years. You know, oh. energy, passion, everything you would want. So he has one year yeah. controllable through arbitration, reunion in 2025. If he's a free agent, I can't imagine either side saying no. Yeah. Yep. So today, as the deadline came and went, there was no last minute deal. We saw, we heard, we, I guess we didn't hear anything. We read that there were six teams trying to get to Oscar Hernandez from the Mariners and even kicking the tires on Ty France, but nothing materialized. Nothing Why happened. Did it not Three o'clock Brad? came and went. Well, so Jerry DePoto basically said that the deal wasn't there, right? That the guys who were kind of what it came down to is the teams who wanted them were the teams that we're going to be contending with down the stretch. We don't want to help anybody by giving them that bat. So we just held on to them because it'll work out. Uh, and he, he also said our pitching can get us to the promised land. And that was one of one of the things that I kind of took. I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because I was really bugged that DePoto and Hollander didn't make a deal, right? Because I feel like you've got to – you can get rid of Tio and get back an, a, another bat, right? Mm-hmm, 100%. 
and this this is my thing when I was, I was thinking about that. I was like, he's absolutely right. The pitching can. Like the pitching went toe to toe and pretty much got the job done against the Astros last year. But the problem is, I've been saying it for years, the problem the Mariners have and have had for a long time is that you cannot score runs on defense in baseball. You've got to have a balanced attack. You've got to have an offense. That the teams that win the World Series, yes, they have great pitching, right? They have shut down pitching where the uh, where the opponents cannot score more than three or four runs a game. But the fact that they're scoring four or five runs a game is the difference. Is that we can get into bloody, I don't want to say slugfest because that's the opposite direction, but like a real grudge match, I guess, where the, the final score is three to two, but if we're only scoring two runs, we're losing every one of those games. 100%. That's the and problem I thought- that I have, is that they're not bringing in the impact bat who can come in in the 17th inning of an 18-inning 0-0 zero to zero game and get that run. Yes, I would love to see Julio do it. Ty France does not seem to be that guy anymore. Gino Suarez is just as likely to strike out as he is to hit a home run in that situation. J.P. Crawford can get on base for you, but you've got to have guys behind him who can get, who can exactly. drive him around and yeah. bring him home. That's 100%. the problem that I have, is that you don't have the consistent nails bat in that lineup who is going to get that run across when you, na- when you need it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then even with the trade deadline, you know, like you said, Teo, Teams are interested. Ty France, teams are interested. I'm shocked that neither one of those guys got moved. Um, yeah, because I, I, I'll say it again. I think we've seen the best of Ty France already. I agree. I agree. I think there's an offseason move. I think a qualifying offer gets extended to tail because Jerry loves his compensatory picks. Right. Yeah, got to get those picks. He'll, he'll extend it because it's obligatory at this point. Yeah. To recoup the value for not trading him. Um, honestly, one thing I saw too, was that the plan right now for the rest of the season is to let the young guys kind of ride it out, which makes sense for like Rojas and Canzone also mentioned that bliss could be a September call up. Yeah. I saw Very that. Likely. That'll be interesting as well. You know, they're going to let cabbie get some more run at second base, let Rojas spell everyone around the infield Canzone, you know, try to establish himself in a corner would not be surprised if Teo takes a lot of DH work to keep him healthy. He should. He's better there than he is on defense. Yeah. Especially with Marlowe and now Canzone able to play the corners. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, we'll get Jared Kelnick back here in a couple weeks too. So that'll be good. Exactly. Well, hopefully. Makes sense for Teo to be a platoon slash DH kind of guy. We have yeah. a great platoon option in Rojas and Tabby for a second. The left side of the infield, that's a lock. First base, there's nothing in the minor league system. There's no one. There's nothing. I mean, maybe Tyler Locklear, but he's only a high Everett. He's not even in double A. He has a great, great swing, great bat, great power, but he's nowhere close to ready yet. Yeah. So. I don't know. The options yeah. are very thin. They are very thin, and they've gotten thinner as the year has gone as guys have shown who they are and what they can do. So it was a really, it was ultimately a really frustrating trade deadline, but at the same time, I do feel like it kind of makes sense what he said about not wanting to help out your opponents because if Tio yeah. goes to the Blue Jays, that's one more bat they have, and they're like right there. Mariners are right there with them, right? 
the twins mm-hmm. were asking about. And I guess, I mean, I, I guess the twins are not really a factor because they're going to have to win the AL central and make the playoffs, but could have made a deal with the giants, but what do the giants have that you want? Not really anybody or anything. Nope. So yeah, no. And the, the Phillies are not going to give up anything you want either. So I think it does make sense that they didn't make the deal that he's still around because it's like, we have a known right here. And we know that this guy can hit. That we know this guy can produce when he's on. So I don't know. It was okay. frustrating, but I think it, I think ultimately, when it comes down to it, it was the right decision. As much as I hate to say it, and as frustrating as it was to watch three o'clock pass and there was nothing at all. No, nothing. Despite the fact that the Astros got better with Justin Verlander, the, the Rangers got, got better. better with Max Scherzer. Ken Zone just made a catch at the wall. A tough play. Love it. And the, the seventh or uh, end of the top of the seventh inning. So that was the really, that was the thing is it's like these guys are getting so much better. And yeah, I, yeah, I think the approach is just been, if, we, if we get better. there, we get there. If not, we'll look for next year. Yeah. Everyone got better. You know, we saved about 8 million down the stretch. Who knows if it's going to pay off into anything in the off season. Right. I feel like. You mentioned it. If the Angels can get there, even to the wild card, Otani's almost sold to go back and. This is let's do this. This is the last thing I want to say about the trade deadline and everything coming up with that. I wonder if um, if Otani has a little bit of graduation glasses with the Angels after saying that after them saying that he wanted that they were going to trade him. You know what I'm talking about graduation mm-hmm. glasses. On how I met your mother when they're talking yeah. about right before graduation. Well, I'm just explaining for listeners who might not know. They say that right before graduation, you start to see people and the people who drive you crazy, the people who you hate, get to be your best friends because you're going to miss them. And I wonder mm-hmm. if Otani was kind of like, well, you know, like there's a pretty good chance I might resign, that I might come back. And they're like, oh, really? Let's go all in. And the fact that they're willing to do that shows him that they can. But I would also be frustrated as, by, as Otani to be like, why haven't you done this before? If you know how to do this now, why have we not been doing this? I think the Angels also really hurt themselves. They gave up a lot of really good pitching talent over the last year or so in all these trades that, that they've done, like a lot, right. like Landon Marceau, Kai Bush. There's a lot of these guys that I've seen, like pitch, who look like le- who look legit. Yeah, well, and that's and that's the other thing too is that like these guys they have either, are either going to be rentals, so all the talent will be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're going to bring these guys in and pay them, and then Otani—they're not going to be able to afford to pay Otani as much as mm-hmm. what he wants. So I don't—it's a weird situation in Anaheim, and we're going to have to wait for it to play out. Last thing yeah. here before we go, because we got to get out of here in a couple minutes. Let's uh, preview series real quick in August. Uh, I'm going to finish the last two out of the three here against the Red Sox at home. And then four in Anaheim. I feel like there's always a four-game series in Anaheim. And then two against the Padres, three against the Orioles. That's at home. Three against the Royals. Sorry, four against the Royals in Kansas City. Three against the Astros in Houston. Three against the White Sox in Chicago. Three against the Royals at home. And then finish out the month with three at home against the A's. So that's, I feel like it's a pretty well-balanced schedule, but if they can finish the, the month over 500, I think they'll be okay, right? Just even if yeah. it's like two, three games over 500. Well, how, do you, how do you feel about that schedule in, in August there, Jewel? 
I love that we play the Royals seven times. That's amazing. Love that we play the White Sox three, so that's a seven out of ten. The Padres and the A's three times too. Seven. Okay, so make it eleven out of thirteen. Yep. Um, easy there, Houston. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be tough. Um, uh-huh. Baltimore is going to be. I think that Baltimore series is going to be two out of three. And here's why I say that. It's King Felix's weekend. The Mariners lost last year when I was there on each year a weekend, though. They have to. But I was in the stadium. I will not be in the stadium for King Felix. (laughs) Yeah. I'm over at the stadium. (laughs) The Angels, I think they split. I think they split. So I'm thinking very similar again to where we're at this year or this this last month. I don't know how many games they played exactly, but I don't know, 17 and 17 and 10 if there's 27 games. 17 and 9 was in was July. I'll take the same. Um, I'll take 17 and 9. I think they can do it again. Um let's see. Uh I don't want to count them all right now, but I think I think they'll I think they're gonna split the last two with Boston here, um, split with LA, split with the angels. I, I see a split with San Diego Two, I think you could be right. Two out of three out against Baltimore. They're not invincible. They're good, but they're not invincible. Mm-hmm. Uh, three out of four against Kansas city, just cause that's on the road. I'm going to go one against Houston, Houston, just because they're playing really well right now. And it's in Houston. Yeah, two we'll out of three against the white Sox. Uh, I'll say two out of three against the white Sox sweep. I'm going to say they get, they finished the month six in a row at home. They're going to sweep the Royals, sweep the A's, and it's going to be a huge momentum builder going into September. Love it. So they very well could end the month with a seven-game win streak, and that's going to be needed big time in the standings. Love it. And I'm calling my shot right now. They're going to call up Hancock and Bliss for the September call-ups. I think you're right. Move Wu to the pen. Move to the pen, Hancock and Bliss coming up in September. Fantastic. I love it. Baseball family, let us know what you think. Hop in the mailbag. There's a link in the description of every single episode. You can reach out to us that way. It's the absolute best way to do it. Um, Jewel, real quick, tell them where they tell them where they can find you. Find me on my two Instagram pages. Uh, first one, uh, at the Ball Boy blog. Been putting out a lot more stuff, mostly about Tri-City Dust Doubles, minor league baseball, a lot of fun stuff, graduation, promotions, draft coverage, things like that. And then, of course, on my big podcast, uh, Young Dad Podcast, over on Instagram. Growing every day over there. Lots of good stuff. Season four drops here in about two weeks. I'm very excited for all that's yet to come over there. So Awesome. Catch me on the big show. The Baseball Together Podcast drops every Tuesday. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us uh, on social, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and then subscribe on YouTube as well. Seattle baseball family, thanks for joining us. We will catch you next month.